Thanks for listening to the New Life Church Cersei podcast. Before we get into today's message, we want to remind you that if you'd like to get connected to what God is doing here in our local community, you can text the word Cersei to 88000 for more information. There you can let us know how we can be praying for you this week, get plugged into a life group, you can give online, sign up for a serve team, and so much more. We also want to let you know that you can join us live every Sunday in person at 9 or 11 a.m. or stream our 11 a.m. service live every week on Facebook and on YouTube. Finally, you can find today's message notes in the Bible app. Just tap the link in the podcast episode notes to follow along with us. Now let's get ready to hear a great message today. All right, well, good morning. What you're about to experience is called tag team preaching. I'm kidding. Um, This morning, we are going to do something uh, different. I don't even know if the four of us have ever done a panel before. Um, This is is interesting. None of our mics on. That was purposeful right there. Button pusher. That's better. Okay, there you go. Um, For those of you who have uh, never been here before or new life is new to you, this series that we're going to do this month is um, very important for you. It's very relevant for you. For those of you who have not uh, been through Connect With Us, but you've been here for a long time, this is a good refresher for you to just our church, our culture, what our mission is. And so we are starting a series this month on Connect. And normally we do this as a class that you can sign up for, um, it's normally uh, something. Man, we've tried all kinds of formats, have, haven't we? We have everything under the sun you could think yeah, of. We tried. We 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 really have. We give give me some examples of those. We've done it after service for lunch. We've done it at night on a Sunday. I think we may have even done it off a Sunday. We've done it during service. Yes. We've done it at a restaurant. Yeah, done it at your house. house. Between services. Online. Did you say that already? We've done Online. That. Yeah. Uh, in, in between services, did, did you just say yeah. that? I was only partially listening to you. They never listened to me, just saying. Yeah. Um, so we've, we've tried Connect here. in a lot of different formats. Some of them have been great. Some of them have been complete failures. Uh, I'm not saying the people attended were failures. I'm just saying that the <laughs> class itself were, failed. Um, so my point in doing this is to, I think this is a great time. Uh, not, not only for our church, but for many churches to come back to the importance of why they're doing what they're doing and let their people hear that so that we can all be on the same page as if we're in a very different time. If you believe we're in a very different time, say amen. amen. Okay, so it's, it's been very different. In Let me give you a recap before I hop into this. In 2019... When we came into uh, after candlelight and we hit 2020, we were poised for the greatest year we've ever had. Um, Giving was amazing. Serve teams, you can't ever have enough people serving, but they were healthy. Um, We were training more life group leaders than we ever had before. We were some 40 to 50 life group leaders had gone through a training. Um, It was great. Um, Lots of momentum, energy. And then March of that year, um, everything that you can imagine that can change for a church changed for all of our churches, every church in our community. And so here we are some two years later... (laughs) almost two years, and we're still fighting leadership challenges, spiritual challenges. And so I really thought this is a great time for us to take our whole church through the ideas and concepts and beliefs and spiritual applications of why do we even do church and why here and why the way we do it. And so it's not a right answer or a wrong answer. It's just an explanation of going, this is why we continue to exist and strive um, and fight for it and believe in it. And there's a lot of zeal there. And I've asked these guys to be, be with me. Um, 
if, if you do not know these individuals on the stage, all of them in their own right are rock stars in some different way, very gifted, very talented people. Um, my evaluation's coming up, so thank you all. <laughs> but last weekend, believe it or not, was 15 years together for this group. So can you all, yeah, 15 years. So we started together August 6, 2006, and I believe... We have a few pictures. Do you want to set, set that up? Yeah, so I, we've got some pictures. Wayne, go ahead and throw up. This, this right here, this was uh, the first building we ever did church in together. And uh, for context, that seats about seven people, uh, I think. Mm -hmm. um, there was, there was those zero, rows are five chairs. Zero chance yeah. of social distancing. In there. I also <laughs> have to say those were upgraded chairs. They were. From our pink yeah. velour chairs to we begin did. with. We called them the Pepto-Bismol chairs before this because that's the color they were. And it looked like people had just poured Pepto-Bismol on the chair. So it was this. You can go ahead and just kind of cycle through. This was after we remodeled. And so that holds about, what, 50? 50-ish people, maybe? A little bit more, maybe. Maybe yes. maybe, maybe 52, 3. Um, <laughs> you can keep going. Just keep going through, and Wayne. Uh, this was our kid life space back then. That, that's this in a barn. A, that's yeah, in, that was a separate yeah, building. We converted a barn. barn. Uh, okay, so this is, first off, this is the only picture of me you'll ever see uh, using a PC, not a Mac. Um, <laughs> enjoy it, document it, because it'll never happen again. Um, this is actually during a time where we were doing the remodel to that building that we met in a coffee house. And if you, anybody here remember the old underground coffee house building downtown? Yeah, that's where yeah, we, we met. That's where we, did, we did church there for five weeks, five weeks? Um, as we were remodeling a building. And uh, then we moved over to the carpet store. How many here remember the carpet store? Were, were you there? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of you. This was that process of remodeling it. And uh, we shared lots of Baconators there. <laughs> we did a lot, lot of Baconators. We, we were up there. Uh, we were all working full-time jobs um, outside of church. And so we would go up there when we got off work. And about midnight, we would do a Baconator. Yeah. And um, Yeah. So, so we, we, we were kind of reminiscing this week talking about all of this. And I told these guys, I was like, most of the memories I have is us literally working like hammers in hands paintbrushes something so those are like all the memories i have it's just night after night after night of working but we got to this point yeah lots of great memories in that building honestly you know there's mm -hmm. there's i think we all have said this there's moments of being at that size at that point in our ministry lives that we there's a part of it we kind of miss i mean you're nostalgic it's like when you have young kids you know you remember those those young early moments and there was a lot yeah. of good times there wayne can, can you can you go back to the baptism picture for just a second is that possible to back up yeah, th this is, is a horse trough, and um, I don't, he's, he's not here, but we baptized Greg Holloman in that, and he's like 6'2", I'm not going to say his weight, but he's, he's a big guy, and I got him down in there, we had him squat Indian style, scoot all the way up, that's Paul Price helping, and I got, he bent down to, to go, and his head would not go under, y'all. <laughs> It would not go under. So I put the Pente Pentecostal palm on him, <laughs> and, all, and I just squeezed him, and you, you could hear his head going, <laughs> <laughs> and then we're like, <laughs> yeah, we had to get him wet. Splash him, yeah. get him wet. Hallelujah, he's done, he's done, he's good. Uh, go ahead. Um, and then we get to a more recent memory. This was a sign we put out right here. And this was, how many years ago was it that we moved into this building? We're on we're We on broke ground, five, yeah. yeah, in uh, 2014, 15. I count them by VBSs. <laughs> VBSs, yeah. So this was the groundbreaking ceremony that we had, which was, man, that was a, that was a special day for us. Yep. And then uh, construction started, and it felt like after this point, we just, it was like warp speed. This was a special moment. We, we, yes. So empty. There was no carpet or anything. There wasn't any sound yet. Um, but we brought all of our volunteers. Um, give it up for our volunteers. Come on, every yeah. person who serves our campus. Um, brought everybody in just for some worship and prayer over the building. I was going to say, this right here was a special memory for me for that reason because it was just kind of launching everything and this this worship moment we had was so sweet to me because it yeah. was it was literally i mean we we're just playing an acoustic and all the voices filling this room with worship 
that was a special moment for me. Yeah, and without the paneling and stuff, the acoustics were great in here. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But uh, yeah, so, and I think these last couple are grand opening weekend when we opened this place up. Not a single person social distancing. It wasn't a thing then, you know, it was great. It wasn't a thing. No mask in the building. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's a walk through memory lane with us. Yeah, so good. So that's a... Uh, that, that first little building that we had, church in the one that we're talking about, the Pepto-Bismol chairs, um, we actually um, had 62 people in there one, one Sunday, and um, it, was, it was a little frightening. And, but I remember the day that we had 50 people, we just about cried. I mean, it was like, we felt like revival had come. <laughs> like, well, the 50 people were here today. Well, I mean, we, so had, we started out with... Um, weeks that we would have more people on the worship. leading worship than, than in the chairs. Out in here. That, that's so, right. I mean, that's right. felt like an enormous amount. That, that's right. Um, and I will tell you this, and this is just a, um, a celebration of David's character in this, but he led worship to five, six people out there the way he leads worship when there's a thousand. And so um, I've always just valued that in, in, in you. It's just the worship in you. It's not, it's not the desire to be seen or heard. It's just anybody who's willing to come into worship, you've always led, led them there. And I just thank you for that. Um, I want to uh, give you a little definition of NLC. Again, if you're new to us, um, we are, the way I would describe this to you would be that we are a, a non-denominational church, but... I always preface that because really in the South and in our area, we're really an interdenominational church because um, even though there's a lot of, of de-churched people here, there's more de-churched than unchurched um, here in, in our area. As a matter of fact, um, 90% plus of you come from a, a mainstream denomination, and so what I've always said is we're an interdenominational church. And over the years, that's been so fun because it's been like, if I talk about baptism, you've got a group goes, oh, I can't wait to hear what he's saying he's going to say about baptism. And if we're going to talk about salvation, you have the big group go, well, I can't wait to hear if he's going to talk about once saved, always saved. And if we have another one, you know, oh, I can't wait to hear if we're, going to, if we're a hand-raising church. You know, I mean, you've got just all these different facets. But to me, I've always described us as, as a gumbo. I mean, because it's, it's great. It's beautiful. Um, it, it tastes great. It, it just has always left this good feeling in my mouth uh, to be pastoring an interdenominational church. I want to pause here because maybe some of you have experienced that um, because you all grew up in denominations and you grew up where it was like, um, and I'm not knocking them at all. Denominations certainly have a place, but it's just given our flavor of church, if, if you will, how did y'all interpret that? How did, how did it feel to y'all? Does it feel different? Or I mean, I enjoy it because, you know, like I said, we grew up, I grew up, um, my earliest memories were Assembly of God, and um, throughout my childhood, we had kind of gone to a, a Church of God, and, and they're, they're pretty close. If you guys are familiar, those are, those are pretty close denominations, but uh, charismatic, you know, we call it Pentecostal, um, but... I've always just enjoyed being around the body of Christ, regardless of what that tag is, whatever that label is. So for me, I've enjoyed being able to come together with with all of you who may be Church of Christ or Methodist or Baptist or I mean, all going through school. That's that's how my friend group was. You know, we were we were all different denominations. And so um, it's you know, there are, are differences when you talk about how you grew up. But, man, I've always enjoyed being able to come together. And I think that's something we've at least in today's culture, I know we'll get there, but we, we've kind of missed the, the opportunity to disagree on certain things but still love each other and still be yeah. together. And so I've enjoyed how this church reacts, how, how this body, our, our people love each other regardless of, of certain little details. Yeah, you know, I, the way I've always described it is, you know, every, every teenager's dream is to, you know, do the uh, fast food run, you know, like where you get like a Big Mac from McDonald's, waffle fries from Chick-fil-A, a Sonic Blast, and all this kind of stuff. And, yeah, I'm going to put it in terms like that so everybody can understand me, okay? Student pastor. But, <laughs> but you know, like, 
you know, because I grew up the same way, you know, assembly of God, and, and every denomination tends to have their strengths, but they also have their weaknesses. They have areas they focus a lot on and don't focus as much on, and I feel like being interdenominational, it lets us have that mentality where we're getting powerful worship from one and strong teaching from another, and you've, you've got this great mix, and it's, it's like the, a balanced diet almost when it comes to your spiritual nutrition in your life. And we can we can agree to disagree and still love love the Lord. You're, you're not trying yes. to win somebody yes. into a particular belief system. Like Kim isn't even saved; she hasn't even given her heart to the Lord yet. We are but, praying, but, yeah, but we are praying, and we've been fasting for a long time. Um, but I'm done. Th- this Goodbye. is why uh, there's so much freedom here. Is the point? Um, but we're we're also outside of being an interdenominational church. Again, if you don't know this, we're a multi-site church. And so, um, and I can tell you a little bit more about that later, but we have 17 campuses across the state. We used to have one in West Palm Beach, Florida, uh, because we were in a close relationship with a pastor there. He ended up moving here to Arkansas, so we closed that, that campus. But We all tried to go. <laughs> so we all tried to go there. We all felt led. You know, I want to go serve in West Palm. There's, there's unbelievers there and yachts. And so... Uh, we all, for a period, felt called to help out at West Palm. And great, great seafood. <laughs> I think I'm just hungry for lunch. Yeah, <laughs> I keep referencing that's right. So I'm going to quickly go through our, our campuses because some of you may have never heard, heard this before. I just want, want you to know where all in NLC is lo- located, but uh, I'm going to start. These are alphabetical. Well, no, no, they're not alphabetical order, but um, <laughs> I, I, I thought I put them in alphabetical order, but I quickly see I didn't. Uh, but Fayetteville, uh, our pastor there is Jason Kimbrough. Uh, he was in Conway for years and years and years with, with Pastor Rick, and then he decided to go plant in the Fayetteville area. Uh, Fort Smith is Brain and Cotton. And um, the pastor who was there was Marcus Brown, and he was uh, under Marcus or with Marcus for about 20 years together. And uh, Marcus Brown went to Maumelle, and so that's where he's at now. He's also our, by far our best communicator. He's an amazing, amazing guy. Uh, Clarksville is Nate King, um, and uh, he's also a professor at Tech there in Russellville. Um, in, in Russellville, you have Mark Pagley. Um, interesting fact about Mark, Mark played pro baseball and he's got um, his biceps. Uh, he's almost 60 and he's got 18 inch biceps. I mean, he's, he's a monster. Almost uh, as big as yours. Almost as big as mine, but not quite. Um, so nobody even think that's funny. That's how stupid it is. Okay. <laughs> it's so stupid. Nobody's this is even what gonna... I've been dealing with for 15 years. Greenbrier is uh, Tim Powell. Conway is Hunter Bazette. That's Rick's oldest son. Downtown Little Rock is Bronson Duke. Uh, funny story about him. Before he became a pastor, he sold Rolexes. And so, you know, just interesting fact. He's got a ton of Rolex watches. <laughs> Mayflower is Freddie Gregg. Hot Springs is Corey Cangelosi. Uh, Cor- uh, funny story about them. They have six kids. Um, they had three. They were going for number four and had triplets. Uh, so his nickname is the Impregnator. Okay, that's what everybody calls him that. <laughs> so he's got six kids, and they just opened their, their home to foster. So they're now fostering kids, and they all got COVID last week. So uh, interesting. It's a world of sickness down there. Um, Benton, Chad Denman is there. Uh, Chad's been here many times speaking. Palm Bluff is Matt Mosler, former meteorologist here in the state of Arkansas. Um, fun, incredible speaker. Cabot is James Bennett. Funny fact about James. James, when we first became a New Life Church, he rode a road bike from every campus uh, to raise money for his building program. Uh, so he started in Fayetteville and rode to every single campus, prayed over the campuses, and ended up in Cabot. And I uh, did all that in two, two days. I think he only spent one night in a hotel. Uh, so it was amazing. When we started to build here, they asked me if I was going to ride a bike. And um, I said, no, but I am going to Subway for lunch. So um, Calvin Barnes is at BB. Um, Heber Springs is James Dearman. Interesting fact about James, he's also an architect, and he was responsible for the trolley system in Little Rock, so if you don't like it, that's him. He's that guy. Uh, and then I'm here, and so that's, uh, that's 17 campuses right there. And then uh, we also have two big things I want to tell you about. The first one Craig's going to talk about, and that's NLC College, but um, we have a, a, a great 
college, and there's, there's a long story involved in that, but I just want him to talk about that for just a second in case you've never heard us talk about yeah, it. Yeah, so um, when, when NLC College launched, um, it, it launched as uh, OBU at NLC, so part of a Wachita Baptist. We're, we're with a different university now, but um, it is a, it's a four-year degree program. It's accredited. It's, it's the whole nine yards, but it's housed at our Conway campus. And so uh, right now it's a very small small school, small group of students. Uh, Johnson Guthrie is back there on, on cameras right now. He's, he goes there. We've had several students from here in Searcy go there as well. And um, it's a great program. Tyler Tarver is the, the dean, the director there. Does a, a phenomenal job. And you know we try to plug it as much as we can because not only is, does it give you a business degree or a ministry, you know, ministry, ministry, religious studies degree, stuff like that, but you also get some hands-on experience if you love the local church. If, you, if you're passionate about the local church and interested in serving it more or looking at behind-the-scenes stuff, um, they, they do a great job of interweaving the realistic side of church in with their college uh, there as well. And so they, you know, a lot of people think of NLC College because it is so small, it's coming out of a church and they look at it and go, well, it's a fake college, right? No, it's a real college. Uh, you get real degrees and all this kind of stuff. And the community, I mean, think about the values that make our church, our church, and then apply it to a college. Wouldn't you want to go to that? I mean, just the, the value of community and relationship and growing deeper with God and all that stuff on top of taking classes. You know your professors, you know the people you're doing school with. Um, it's, it's a really, really, really great, and I'm, yes, I'm biased, but it's a really great um, way to do, to do school, and we're very proud of it. And we actually, when we, when we first became New Life, that was when they first started dreaming up this idea. So it's, for me, it's fun for us to be part of that journey, you know, just kind of always in the back of my mind, that milestone moment for us. So you're saying it's because of us they started it? Is that what you're... It, it must be true, I yes. mean, it's coincidence, it's, right? it's No, there is no such thing as coincidence. <laughs> let, me, uh, let me quickly tell you a little bit about the origin of NLC, and then I want to get into uh, the actual uh, part of, of our existence and why Cersei. But Rick Bazette is our founding pastor. Having a, a large church was not a goal. Um, having a multi-site church was not the, the a goal. Um, he actually told his core group at, at, at the beginning, if I go to Conway and I end up pastoring 100 people, I'm going to pastor that 100 people the best that I possibly can. So um, none of what you see or have heard or experienced at New Life or any of our campuses was part of the original plan of planting. But Pastor Rick was in a church in Baton Rouge, Bethany World Prayer Center, uh, Pastor Larry Stock still. And I'm going to throw a name here, but he and Chris Hodges were on staff together. Now, some of you recognize that name because he's at Church of the Highlands. It's still one of the fastest-growing churches in in America. Um, uh, Phenomenal guy. Those two uh, came on around the same time. They left the same day to go plant. So Pastor Rick went went to Conway, and Chris Hodges went went to Birmingham. And uh, both of their churches exploded. And so um, the first church uh, for Conway, for NLC, was in an old car dealership in uh, 2001. So it's, it's still a very young church. Um, all of our churches are very young. Uh, they don't have a 100-year history. Um, so, but that church started with 500-something people, and it exploded, just, just took off. Uh, within the first year, it had an, another campus Pastor Rick always tells the story. It's funny because there was a church in Maumelle named New Life Church, and their pastor was Pastor Rick. So he wanted to merge with NLC and Conway, so he calls and says, I need to speak to Pastor Rick uh, at New Life Church. And he, they said, well, this is him. Who can we tell him's calling? He said, well, this is Pastor Rick at New Life Church. <laughs> so it got really confusing. Um, but the long story made short, that's now our GLR campus, and it too exploded and um, so I, I really want to spend more time this morning talking about us and how we kind of evolved here and why did we come here and, and all of those things. And so I'm going to kind of start that and then ask our guys to hop in. But there was a reason for choosing Cersei for, for me. Um, I, I believe in our city in, in a way because 
um, this city raised me. And so it gave me opportunity to speak. It gave me opportunity to make mistakes. It gave me opportunity to grow up. And even though I grew up in, in Little Rock, I, I, grew, I came here as a teen. Um, I hopped into my last two years of school here. Um, but this, this city, uh, for me, it had so much opportunity to just try and do something different. It was just this ability to build bridges between belief systems. And I was personally exhausted with, with trying to defend a certain denomination or a certain standard of values and say, well, if you don't necessarily believe the way I do, then you're not ever going to make it here. You can't come here. Of course, I've never said that out loud, but my heart believed that that um, my job as a minister was to convince people to believe a certain way um, so that everyone's religiosity or walk with God kind of became cookie cut, and I was exhausted by it. And so what I loved about um, what we had started in that little bitty church was just this idea of going, anybody can come and anybody can be, be welcome. And what we found over the years as we grew, our DNA was almost identical to what New Life was doing. And the reason we even joined up with New Life and became a New Life campus here is because we were on our own. We were living on an island. We had no one to call um, we were involved in children and students and worship and and preaching and speaking and, and all of us were leading and we had not a single person to call and go, how do we do this? How do we get through this? How do we go to the next place? Um, and so uh, that gave us uh, an opportunity to start making connection and connect ourselves to something that was steps, many, many, many steps ahead of us. Um, but this city, I always believed, was poised to do something different. And uh, so for me, that, that was the attractional piece. And so I want to I ask you all, why Cersei? Why, did, why, why are you all here? Why are you, why are you still here? Why haven't you gone to West Palm Beach? Uh, why haven't you taken your talents elsewhere? Why Cersei? I want to hear from you all, and I, our church does too. So. Well, well, for me, um, mainly home is always... It's very important. Um, I grew up here, was born here. I've been here a whole, my entire life. I left for one year, moved to Batesville. Um, but other than that, I've been in Searcy, like I said, my entire life. Graduated school. Um, and so it's just, I think it's more of a home thing for me. Um, home is very important. And that makes sense because, you know, I'm in children's ministry and family is important and kids are important. And as a mom, I want um, a community and a place and a church home for my children to grow and um, be loved on by community and mm -hmm. Jesus. And so I feel like, I, I don't know, Cersei has this weird way of sucking you back in. Yeah, I, I will go back because I was wrong. I did move to, I went to ASU Jonesboro for college, my first year of college, and I got sucked right back into Cersei. And so I just feel like I've been sucked back here for so long, but it's just because it's, it's so you So you have no passion for the city. It's just, you were just sucked back in. That's no, what that's what I'm saying. My Cersei, passion for this the city vacuum is my city. heart. I no. You. Okay, I got you. Nothing I ever say is serious. That's Kim wife. is also a, a, a new grandma, y'all. She's brand new, yeah. He is That's seven right. weeks old. Yes. That's right. Craig? Um, so for me, you know, I, I've been here since I was like five. And um, so kind of similar, you know, grew up here, just love the city. Honestly, you know, you hear a lot of people who say, and in fact, every, every campus pastor, you know, that, that's at different parts of, of the state, they often say, you know, they were, they were called there. You know, we, we always try to find the person before the location because we want them to be passionate about that. And for me, I've just never had that desire. I've never felt that, that calling God laying on my heart for somewhere else. I love Cersei. And that, you know, I tell some people, especially our college students or whatever, I'll say, I love Cersei. And they're like, are you, are you high? Because it's Cersei, like, there's nothing here. And I'm like, I don't care. I love Cersei. You know, I grew up here. And for me, you know, Growing up in denomination, we talked about that already. There's a lot of different, Cersei's a very churched city. But with that, there's also a lot of de-churched people, people who may have gotten hurt by a church. And it doesn't matter the denomination, all churches are going to hurt people. And what I just found growing up over the years was that 
there are people who got hurt by a church, and so they just gave up on church. And I think all of us, to a degree, would, would say similar things, that we, we just have a passion for those people. You know, uh, we, we, those people who have been hurt by church, we want to be a church, and I think I can say this for, for, for all of our campuses, but especially here, we want to be a church for people who may have gotten burned by church before to let them know you, you are loved and cared for. We, we have a place for you. We want to use you. And we don't want to burn you out, although during the last 18 months, we may have had to burn some people out. But, like, we, we want to use people in their giftingness. We want, to, we want to provide a place that they can use their talents, the things that God has purposed in them. And Circe is, there's so many people in this, in this city who are creative and great Imagineers, is that a, that's a Disney thing, isn't it? Um, but who have, who have big thinkers and have great vision. And I've just always appreciated that about this city and the people that are here. You know, Harding provides us a lot with people like that who are coming from all over into this city, from all over the world, you know, to come here. And so for me, that's what draws me to this city the most is, is those, those couple of things. That's good. Dave? Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit different approach from these guys because I did not grow up here. I grew up in Jonesboro um, pretty much all my life. Um, and then uh, early adult, early marriage um, with, with Aaron and I, um, we moved around quite a bit. And I'm my, glad you clarified it was Aaron. Yes, it was Aaron. It was my first wife. <laughs> yeah, it was your first wife. My first wife. I always tell people that I introduce Aaron as my first wife. And <laughs> thank you. You may want to clarify. She, She's my only wife. Okay. Yeah. She's my only wife. Um, but uh, we, we moved around quite a bit in doing ministry and different things, and uh, I mean a lot. <laughs> but um, we were actually, actually at a church in Grierce Ferry, and that pastor was leaving. And we got a call from, it was actually Faith Assembly here in town, to come do their worship. Um, which is where I grew up. Which is where, where yeah. all of these, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's where we met everybody, True. basically. We were all there. Um, but so we got a call to, to, you know, come do that, and so... We actually accepted it, and I'll be honest with you, the reason I'm here is because of the people, and that's what, that's what stood out to us. Matter of fact, we were, we were at that church for three months when that pastor called me and said, hey, I'm taking a church in Texarkana, <laughs> so he said, I want you to come with me there. So we were only here for three months, but when we went down there for a year, and when we were, my, my dad ended up... Um, sick it ended up with with cancer and so we wanted to move back close to home and we when Aaron and I are talking where do we want to go the the impact that the people here and specifically Glenn and Tina Novak I know Glenn's back there um, they are they are absolutely rock stars they were they were such dear friends to us and they had made such an impact on us that we were like man we got to go to Cersei and so coming back here again and just getting to know the people here. That's what is so special to Cersei about us. Um, and I think you're talking about Harding. The people that, that, and I think there's probably several here that are not from Cersei, but have come to Harding and have stayed. And I think that's, that says a lot as well. And it's just, it's the people, man. They, they take you in, they love you, they, um, they just embrace you. And so that's what, what drew us to Cersei. That's why we love it. Yeah, and we, I, I think all of you would agree in some way. You, you love living life with the people you're living life with. It's, some of you um, have, have said, you know, maybe I could go somewhere else and do this or go somewhere else and do that and start over and do this kind of thing. But there is something that is sweet and, and special about this community. And um, that's why we, we have a, a church here, and that's why we're fighting for that. And I know what time it is, but I want to keep going for just a few minutes. We only have one service, so it doesn't matter anyway. Um, the, You're stuck. The, another big thing I want to talk about today in terms of connecting and why our church is doing what it's doing. In, in this past um, eight, 18 months, we've done church like we've never done it be, before. We had zero context, and you did too. Um, nobody knew what to, to do. Um, the experts didn't know what, what to do. Um, in, in 2019, 4,500 evangelical churches were planted in the U.S. Um, in, in 2020, they all shut down. They, they, they closed. Um, more uh, churches, uh, for the first time ever in church history, more churches closed the past 18 months than were started um, in American history. 
is just uh, amazing. Um, so the ability to to stay, I mean, like, like seriously, when I get up here to open the service on a Sunday and I say, thank you for being here, that comes from a deep place. It's very <laughs> <It's>, authentic. <laughs> and so um, we do thank you that we're continuing to, to keep the church going and, and active and you're worshiping still and you're serving still and you're giving still and you still believe in the mission of a local church. But the, there's, there's two big things happening right now, and I want to address those because the church is, is still involved in both of those. Number one is a pandemic that everybody's confused about. Um, there's uh, conflicting in information from some of the smartest people in the world about what we should do and how we should address it and what the next step is and what's coming next and, and two completely conflicted ideas um, by brilliant people on, on both sides. Um, so it's, it's affected attendance greatly. Uh, when we started doing, uh, when we moved to online, we, we were like, we've, we don't know how to do online all the time. I mean, we know how to post on Facebook or do a 60-second video, but we don't, we don't know how to do a service. We don't know how to, how to do any of those things, and that was all brand new. Well, then, you know, people shifted to that, and we'd have 100 and something people watching that or maybe even more, and then within six weeks, there was nobody hardly watching. Um, and then people start watching it through the week whenever they wanted to, rather than joining us live. It's just been this impossible learning curve to get your hand on. Layer that with a cultural shift like we've never seen. So um, there are two big questions happening to people who've been in church for years and years and years. And those two questions are, is the local church still important to my family? And second, is the Bible truth? And those are two big things that people are asking right now is this word, this Bible that I have, is it even the most authentic thing that I could believe? Um, and then on top of that, well, is the local church still a place for my life? We've never had to do that before. You, you always got more amens than you were having to convince people. And now you are literally trying to use Scripture and guide Scripture in such a way that you are convincing people um, to not fall off the turnip truck. And so I, I believe in the local church. I believe Christ gave his life for it. I believe he died for it. I believe that when he said, when you gather, when, when two or three of you gather together in my name, I am there and then I equate that to, well, if he's there, then, then his character is there. So like miracles are there and deliverance is there and, 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 and healing is there and, and joy is there. Everything that I need is in the presence of God. And if I get that by gathering with people, why would I abandon that? And so um, I want us to know that the church is so important, the local church will prevail. It will prevail. If you believe Scripture is true, if you believe it's truth in your life, it will prevail. There will always be believers gathered somewhere. It may not be like this. It may not look the way it's been traditionally, um, but there will be people gathered in, in His name, and they will be the local church. So why don't you guys jump in for just, just a, a few minutes? What's, what's been... Your biggest challenge, why the church? Uh, why do you still do it? Yeah, I mean, w w we've had this conversation, exactly what you were just talking about. I was, I was thinking through, uh, and I've had to keep reminding myself, because uh, like you said, there's so much conflicting information out there, that, that, and, and there's so much tension, you know, that, that it is so easy. I find myself, you just get so discouraged, and you're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know, you know. And, and then I always go back to that scripture that, that says the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Now, that doesn't mean the building. That means the people. And that's where two or three are gathered. And that's, that's where I take, when, I, when, I, when, when the Holy Spirit drops that scripture back into my heart, that's when peace comes back. And I'm like, I don't have to worry about it because God's not going to abandon his bride. And so for me, that, that's been the biggest challenge is, is, is trying to navigate how to encourage people to not abandon the church. God's not going to abandon it. Don't you abandon it either. And, and so to, 
to see my friends and my loved ones and, and people that, um, that I've lived life with forever, it just, it's been a challenge to try to keep some perspective. And you're right, there, there are huge questions that people are asking themselves right now. Um, and, and I have to take peace and comfort to know that, that Christ died for the church. He died for the church. And, and yes, that means us individually, but his whole purpose and his whole plan was the local body because there are, that's exactly, as you said, I'm just going to repeat exactly what you said, if that's okay. Um, but that's, he's right. That's where miracles happen. That's where healing happens. That's where encouragement happens and strength. And, I mean, you guys, you guys know, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, that when you get with the body of Christ and the presence of God is here, you leave encouraged. That's something you don't, you don't, um, you don't get by yourself, you know, and, and because we're so distracted. But when you get here, it it's easier to get with your, your brothers and sisters and focus on the Lord. And so, you know, when, when, when Kevin asked us this question, my first thought was Galatians 6, 2. It says, bear one another's burdens. And in doing so, you fulfill the law of Christ. And when I think of, if people are wondering what purpose does the local church serve, that's it in a nutshell. It's to bear one another's burdens. As great as this worship team is, as great as Kevin is as a communicator, as much teaching as there is, the purpose of the local church should not be in rows, it should be in circles. It should be us bearing each other's burdens, making a connection with somebody and saying, what is it you're going through? Because I want to carry that with you. Because if two of us are carrying that weight, it's lighter. It's lighter on both of us. And if more and more people carry that weight, then it's lighter for everybody. And you know, yes, people who are watching online right now, okay, we're glad that you're watching online. People who are just sitting in a row right now listening to us, we're glad that you're here. But ultimately, the purpose of the local church is not listening, it's being active in it. It's doing something. It is, it is listening to somebody who, who has a need and responding. And that's why every person who serves on our volunteer teams across our campus, they're, they're doing their part in doing that. They're saying, I'm going to serve in kid life so I can bear the weight of a family, so I can help out for just 60 minutes on a Sunday morning. I can help influence this kid to hopefully bear the burden that maybe this kid is going through. It's why all of our real life team on Wednesday nights, even the people serving coffee or parking a car, they're providing something to help carry some weight. And for me, that, that's what it, what it boils down to when it's the local church. It is we are carrying collectively this weight together. I think, yeah, I, I think the biggest challenge um, in this whole time is trying to, it's hard for us because we look and we go, we want everybody here. But we also have to figure out how to extend and how to reach the people that are not here and that are so that we can help them. I, I love that we have online services, um, have that, like Craig said, available to those that are needing to be at home. Because even, even though, like, let's just be honest, okay? We had several people. It's a good thing to do. Well, yeah. Several volunteers call in um, and not able to come serve this morning. And the fact that they have the ability to still you know, watch online and, and get that. That is amazing, and that is so awesome. And I think for our families and our, our kids, when we first started having to do this, figuring out how to get content to those kids was hard. Um, they're not, it's easy to do online for adults. It is not easy to do online things for kids. And so in that, I, I think that we realized more that we've always said, sorry, I'm jumping around. We've always said as a children's ministry, we want to partner with parents and we, it's, it's the parents job. It is, is y'all like the responsibility of parents and this, I'm talking to myself as well to be the spiritual leader of your home. And so we are here to partner with you guys. And so when COVID hit, we're like, how do we do that? I mean, how do we do that and still bring in, I mean, because it's hard. And so I feel like the biggest, the hardest challenge for us has been, like you said, like getting people to come back or to be together 
and how to extend that handout to those that are not comfortable doing that yet because it is so important. Like you said, it's not the building. It is not the building. It is as a people and as families and families that can come together and bear one another's burdens and lift each other up. And so that's been the absolute hardest part about this whole time is bringing that back. Yeah. Let me, let me wrap, wrap this up. And I want to do this from a, a pastor's heart and perspective, and then I'll, I'll close. Craig Rochelle teaches this way. He says, you cannot or you can know alone. K-N-O-W. You, you can know alone, but you can't grow alone. Meaning that you, you can find Christ anywhere. You can find him in, in a in a, in a car driving down the street, in a, in a bedroom in your house, on a, sitting on a lawnmower. You, you can know Christ, but you cannot grow in Christ alone. You cannot grow from an isolated place. Growth always requires teamwork. Someone has to plant. Someone has to water. Uh, Someone has to, to manicure. Some, when, when you are stuck in a place of your spiritual growth where you are the only opinion, it's a dangerous place. You cannot grow alone. And I think when it comes to this challenge of going, is the local church still important to my family? Let me tell you where I see that as, as a pastor. I don't think this is a church problem. I really think it's, it's a kingdom of God problem in that you don't feel necessarily disconnected from a church. You feel disconnected from the kingdom. Like when, you, when people stop giving, they haven't stopped giving because they're, they look at a building and go, I don't like what's going on in there anymore. I mean, some people do. But for the most part, people stop giving and resourcing because they, they've given up on the kingdom of God. And kingdom is capital K. It's, it's every church in this community. And there are over 60 churches in this community. That's kingdom, capital K. When people stop serving, they aren't going, I'm bored with New Life Church. You've lost connection with the kingdom. When suddenly being in the presence of God, with God's people, hearing His Word becomes something that is optional. We'll go every other week. We'll go once a month. We'll watch online, I promise. That is language that comes from disconnecting from the kingdom. And it wouldn't matter. When you get to that place, it wouldn't matter where, where you go. You can go to the river. You can go to downtown. You can go to fellowship. You can go anywhere. You'll, you'll still take that with you. Because it's not a church problem. It's a disconnect from the kingdom problem. So when you pray, what you need to ask the Lord to put into your spirit is zeal again for the kingdom. New Life Church is just a vehicle. It's, it's, it's another car in this community to get in and do something to share the love of God with. We're, we're not fighting with any church in this town. Not a single one. We pray for them every single weekend because we believe in capital K. So my challenge in the first part of this, this connect is, yeah, this is a difficult time. Church has never looked this way. We're in the middle of a huge paradigm shift culturally. But you fight for that kingdom inside of you. You fight for the reason that you've dedicated your life to Christ. Some of you need, need to come back to that thought. Why in the world was I water baptized? Because you believed in the kingdom. 
You believed in the kingdom and you gave to it and you served it and you came on the weekend. You participated in something bigger than, than yourself. It was not like a Burger King mentality. I just want it my way. If they, if they figure out a way to, to get to me, appease me, find me, whatever it is, no. It's because you love the kingdom. Fight for that. Pray for that. Lord, let us come back to the kingdom. Come back to why. When you look at the day and the times of Jesus, they were being killed over their faith, martyred, hiding out in homes. But they did it anyway on a daily basis because they believed in the kingdom. They believed. And I'm still there. I want you guys to know as your pastor, I'm still there. These guys that you see on stage are still there. A lot of you are still there, but there are a lot of you that are not. Fall in love with the kingdom again. It's not a church issue. It's not a what this church offers over that church that offers something different. It's the kingdom. All right? I want to pray with you. God, I love you. I thank you for the church, the local church, the kingdom, capital K. I pray over our people today. I pray you fill their heart with zeal and passion. Thank you for new life. Thank you that, that we get to be a vehicle in this community. I thank you for this incredible staff that has given us 15 years of their lives. Bless them. Strengthen them. Encourage them. Give them wisdom. God, I pray for everybody who serves and everybody who gives and everybody who prays and everybody who loves and everybody who just continues to fight for the local body. Thank you. So God, we, we pray that you would end this pandemic. We pray for wisdom. That by your word, Lord, we will, we will be changed and transformed by the Holy Spirit. Not by the philosophy of a group of people, by thought leaders, by best-selling authors. But by the Holy Spirit. So God, I thank you that we can come. I thank you that we can meet. I thank you that when we're together in your name, we feel the presence and power of God. Thank you for our church. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Guys, thank you so much for being here this weekend. I really mean that. And uh, we're going to be praying for you all week. We'll continue this series for the next two weeks. And so uh, God, God bless you guys. And uh, we'll see you next Sunday. We love you. Amen. <laughs>